bless you. We have we are here live, another podcast morning. Amen. Come on, go ahead and go get a clap. Let them know you're here this morning. We got a, a good audience, a live audience. Um, I'm not out of sorts. Just got a lot on my heart today. Uh, get your pad, get your pencil, paper. Uh, I don't think we carry pencils too much anymore, but uh, get your Bible out. Lord, help us today. We need help. We need we need uh, divine uh, revelation. We need understanding concerning some matters. The body of Christ needs to sober up. Uh, concerning terms, concerning the Bible, concerning where we're presently at. We need to shake off <clears throat> this ungodly sting of the world. It's almost like the, the, the church body has been stung by a demonic influence in so much where we don't even uh, you know, choose not to receive or perceive God's word in a weighty matter. So, Lord, I ask today that there'd be just a sobering in the body of Christ. May we release information. Uh, may we release the Word of God in such a way that it penetrate the heart of every single person that hears this in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I thank you that the Bible doesn't breed fear to us. No, no, no. It doesn't convey fear. It prepares us. It readies us. Uh, for the hour of the day, the circumstance which we're facing, and on and on it goes. So thank you for heaven's help. May we have ears to hear. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Last week we got into, and, and we're kind of themed this in the last several weeks of end time eschatology, uh, demonology, uh, demons deliverance, so on and so forth. And I think that it's very clear to see we're living in uh, very demonic days. Now, the goodness of God outshines the demonic influence, but we can't discount, or nor should we, and say that they don't exist. There, there's trouble all around us. That's what the Bible says. Uh, may we live in a sphere, a bubble of God's you know, protection, His grace, His mercy, uh, and, and may we not see, may the troubles not come to our household, may the, you know, these days, these end time demon spirits, lies, uh, come to our house. May they not touch our children, our marriages, and on and on it goes. We have a covenant from the Almighty, but we can't be ignorant in the hour in which we're presently living. And, and like I said in my prayer there, it seems like the church has been stung by a like numb, uh, I refuse to, to understand, I refuse to think about, I refuse to study that, I just want to live a happy little life, and I don't want anyone to bother me. Well, that, that's not going to happen, you know, prophetically, biblically, you have an enemy, whether you like it or not. When you said yes to Jesus, you automatically engaged with your enemy, and not only do you have an enemy, but he has an army, uh, they're fallen angels, and they want to do whatever they can to deceive you out of the truth, or to, to remove the truth and replace it with a lie. So let's get into this. Turn with me into... Well, first, I'm going to read the scripture we've been basing all of this on, and then we'll get into Ephesians. But in 1 John, uh, in the second chapter, in the 18th verse, it says, Little children, uh, it is the last time, and, and as you have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Now, making reference here, uh, John, that we are in the, the, the end of the age. Uh, we are presently in the church age. Uh, it, it started in the New Covenant. 
Uh, we call it the dispensation of grace. We can call it the dispensation of Jesus. But we are in a, in a covenant or we're in a season that's going to come to an end. Uh, this church age, this present age, will end when the rapture takes place. And then we will enter into, those who are left behind, will enter into a new age. And that's going to be a, a seven-year wedding feast party with the bride uh, and the bridegroom. Amen. Uh, rather. So uh, who's, who's, those who are left behind, what is their age now? That's going to be the tri tribulation age, which is a seven-year uh, season, you know, seven-year period, which is divided into halves. The first three and a half years are, are going to appear to be a little more tolerable than the last three and a half years. However, that's still going to be the fullness of that age, a seven-year period. And then on it goes. But I want to deal with where we're presently at. Who are these antichrist spirits, these antichrist demons? You know, what's their role? What's their part? And once again, you've heard me and I've taught this. The last time demon, the greatest last time demon we face uh, who is uh, making preparation for the coming of the antichrist is the demon of, dece of deception. Deception is, is one of the most ungodly, uh, horrific, you know, demonic tools. Uh, when someone's deceived, they're out of sort. They're out of their normal natural sorts, uh, but they really think they're they're in their normal natural sorts. So it's hard to fight with them. Like, uh, let let's say this. Uh, and once again, I'm not picking on lesbian, gays, homosexuals. I'm not picking on anybody. Just use this as an example. If you talk to you know someone who's gay, you know that or transgender, something like that. Uh, they have to be so deceived to enter into that lifestyle that that they'll fight you, and they're not fighting you uh, because they just want to fight. They're fighting you because in deception, they truly have adopted realities that, number one, it's okay, number one, it's normal, and, and now even Satan has added to this list, uh, number three, that it's godly and God accepts it and it's okay. Number four, if you want to keep going, that it's the highest form of love. That's what a lot of these people think in deception, which we know the truth because we have the Word of God. The Word of God should be like transparency. You know, remember years ago they had paper and you could it'd be like transparent. You could set it on top and see. Uh, well, the Word of God should cause a transparency, and we should begin to see and, and realign our life with the Word, not with what the world is saying, but with the Word of God. Uh, that's our standard. Can someone say amen to that? So now going to Ephesians, and last week I talked about uh, you know demons and the operations of demons, and please note this and understand this. Yes, demons are real. No, it's not comical. No, it's not funny. No, you shouldn't have any doings with demons. Uh, yes, demons can have an effect on Christians. Are Christians greater? They have greater authority? Yes. However, a, a, a Christian can in a... Oh, in a weak state, uh, give way to a, de a demon influence and be influenced by demons. Uh, yes, they're operating in the world today. Uh, the Bible talks about the three heavens. They operate in two heavens, the immediately, uh, the immediate air over your head and, and then the air above us in, in not outer space, but the inner space in which we can see. That's their territory. Uh, so the first heaven we talk about is above your uh, head or, or where your head is in the airwaves above you. And, and that's where they move to and fro. And that's where they try to mix up and speak to you in that first heaven. 
Uh, so in, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 12, I really want to spend time here today. Uh, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, Satan always tries to use flesh and blood to deceive you. If he can get you to engage with a person under his power and or ability or influence, uh, he can get your eyes off of the true force and keep you in bondage. Does that make sense? Uh, like if you say you have a friend and that friend has been manipulated by a demon spirit and now is under the influence of a demon spirit, and that friend offends you because that demon spirit's driving them, and you get offended, you get mad, and you engage in a flesh battle, and you refuse to see the spirit beyond that person or that action or activity, you'll never win that battle. You know, because your your armament, your weapons have not been given to you to conquer flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. So as long as Satan keeps you in that battle against a person, I'm not going to forgive my mom. I'm not going to forgive my aunt. I'm not going to forgive what my dad did to me. I'll never forgive. I'll never. That's because you've engaged incorrectly. Yeah, you're engaged into a battle God never called you to engage in. Uh, now, if you step back and see beyond and understand that that's not normal activity for a human being. Uh, I've said this, you know, Kim and I had a long discussion about this months ago. Uh, but uh, human beings, even though they're born in a fallen uh, nature or system, they still have to learn bad habits. It's not normal for, a go- for God's creation to automatically know uh, how to do bad things. Uh, they get help from society who, who's under the, the influence of Satan, or they get help from demons. Uh, how sad to know right now uh, demons are raising uh, most of the, our children in, in population today. Demons are raising. Demons right now are caring for, leading, influencing our babies in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, all the way through high school, and especially into college. Uh, a d- a demonic influence may be the biggest voice in most of your baby's ears today. Uh, write this word down, sound bites. It's a very it's a very interesting term. Uh, a sound bite. Oh, it, it's an it's an intention grabber. Uh, Satan uses sound bites. He uses whispers, uh, and it's almost like a, a chain. You know, have you ever seen a choker chain on a dog? Uh, it you don't apply the pressure the entire time. You just give it a jerk, and it and it jars a memory. It it it. it Brings you to a you know an, an action that dog is like okay I know what to do now uh, these sound bites and whispers are are to get you to resort back to remember and get you off track does that make sense uh, I I don't know if it was in here or in church where I talked about a sound bite like if I take a song and, and take a little jingle of a song maybe three words of a song that's a sound bite but that those three words just don't stay within those three words. Those three words or four words then begin uh, you to think and cause you to get into an idea. Come on, uh, help me with a song. What's a, what's a known like 80s song? Hit the road. If I were to say hit the road, boom, boom, boom. 
Uh, the rest of you go and don't come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. Why? Because that soundbite jingles something. Now, the soundbites that Satan use, use with humanity may not be a song. A song could trigger a pastime on and attach you to something ungodly, but it'd be more so an, an, an idea you're trying to get free from, an image you're trying to get free from, something that hurt you, something that caused you pain. Uh, something that's tormenting you, he wants to keep that thing in front of you. Now, now let me uh, deal with demons and uh, demonology, deliverance, so on and so forth. Uh, angels are not omniscient. They're not omnipresent. Uh, only God is. Satan's not. Uh, so uh, demons are actually the least of Satan's army, and they would be the foot soldiers. Like when you see the word demons, Satan sends them. They're messengers. They go, they come. Uh, they, they come, they do a little spy on Randy, come back, give information. They spy on Billy and Angela and they come back, give information, but they can't stay here and communicate, uh, like God. And they don't know what you think lest they're in your presence. Like I've, I've, I've seen this, I've dealt with this in my own life, but I've talked to a lot of people in over, you know, 25, 27 ish years in ministry, uh, where people say, Hey, things will be perfect for a while. Then all of a sudden, it's like the same thing over and over again. It's like a roller coaster. What happens? Well, that demon comes back and checks on you. Now, now some people are listening to me right now, and you think I'm a quack. But th this is biblical. The demon will come back to be sent again by Satan. You know, uh, the Bible even says Satan keeps a list. If he doesn't keep a list, well, how does he know how to sift you what to sift you with? Uh, and I could even prove, you know, biblically that he has a list of your past and tries to constantly get you back to or get you anchored to or remind you of who to stop you from going forward. Are you still here with me? Uh, so here it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now we read different things there, and a lot of people think, uh, using adjectives to describe demon spirits. Well, let's go through uh, these demon spirits. Number one being principalities. Number two being powers. Number three being rulers of darkness. Uh, and then spiritual wickedness. Uh, number one, the word principality in the Greek is the chief spirits. Uh, so a, a principality uh, would be the highest ranking demons, uh, the highest ranking uh, ar army that Satan would send. So number one, it says... Uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against principalities. Uh, once again, these are, are delegated uh, power and or influence. These demons would be the demons that, that have influence uh, on cities or assigned to cities or assigned to states, uh, nations, and, and on and on it goes. Uh, these are not just simple foot soldiers. Uh, you and I deal with demons more than we deal with principalities. Now, we're, we're dealing with principalities because we can see our nations under attack. So if our nation's under attack, it's not under attack by a foot soldier. Let me help you a little further. Uh, when when uh, the America and the American government and people wanted Osama bin Laden dead, they didn't send a, a newbie uh, you know, small ranking foot soldiers. Now we need foot soldiers. Uh, they have their place, but they send an elite uh, group of people for an elite job. Uh, so when Satan wants America, he doesn't send foot soldiers to torment. 
Uh, he sends these principalities uh, who are delegated by him to come and to reign and rule over America. And that, so we are fighting them secondarily, but you don't fight them on a natural basis uh, daily. And, and don't give Satan more authority. Uh, you know, don't worship Satan. Don't worship his abilities, uh, so on and so forth. He works uh, totally and completely in deception. If he can deceive you, he uses you to attack you because it's within yourself that you begin to self-destruct. If I can make Randy think something that doesn't exist, but I can make him think it, uh, he becomes his own worst enemy. You know, and a lot of times people think they're under the influence of Satan. Well, if you're oppressed, you're not. If you're possessed, you are. But if you're possessed, you're completely and totally a lunatic and out of sorts. I might get into that today because there's a lot of misconception about demon possessions and Christians and on it goes. All right, let's go a little further. Uh, secondarily, powers. These are the second highest ranking spirits. Uh, they have the delegated authority uh, to influence the thoughts and feelings of humans. So we would deal with powers more than principalities. Now, now once again, uh, de demonic power would be a demon trying to influence you. Uh, demons deal with emotions. Write that down. We are, as a being, as a, th a three-part being, Within that three-part being, God gave us emotions. Those are given to us by God. But if our emotions get out of sorts or, or if, if they get out of alignment with how God created us and our emotions to work, your emotions were given to you uh, to work uh, and, and love to operate through them and love to move you by them. That's what, what emotions are for. But emotions are not for, are not to make you feel bad, uh, not to make you mad at other people, uh, not to make you feel less than. That's that's a corrupt emotion. So that would be an, an emotion under the help or influence of a demon. Like if you see someone's an emotional wreck, how many have been around people? You say, man, that person's just an emotional wreck. Uh, chances are that they are demon tormented. There's a power and a principality. Uh, that continually visits them, reminds them, whispers to them uh, something that's not true, and they keep them in a, in a state of just emotional uproar. And, and they can never, you'll never find your footing when you're an emotional wreck. When your emotions are out of sorts, you'll never find your true footing. Uh, so, and it'll drive you, it'll drive you crazy, it'll drive you angry, it'll drive you divorced, it'll drive you to uproot from a church. When your emotions are out of sorts, uh, it, it will lead and guide you astray. They will, your emotions. I don't have time to get into emotions. Maybe that's a whole nother class. Uh, anyhow, so that's power. Second highest ranking spirits. Uh, they're delegated, once again, authorities. They influence the thoughts and feelings of humans. You know, we all want to feel love, so on and so forth. But these demon spirits destroy peace. They destroy love. They cause strife and division. So we can see that that demon powers uh, in operation in churches. Most times when people leave churches, it, it's a product of, of strife. You know, we see that people want something. They're they're uh, they're hurt or, or acting hurt. They're really not. They're more deceived. But it but it uh, appears as a hurt, uh, and it gets into their emotions, and it causes them to act incorrectly. So, amen to that. 
the, the, the third one would be rulers of darkness. Now, rulers of darkness, we deal with these directly, and we're probably dealing with these rulers of darkness. Uh, I'm dealing with them, combating. You should be, as the body of Christ, combating these demons too. And these are demons that promote false religions, the occult, uh, deceptions, promote Satanism, New Age, uh, you know, the false prophets, false pastors. This is really the, the spirit. If you remember, the Bible talked about in, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and, and chapter 3, the seven churches, the end time churches. And out of those seven churches, uh, Thyatira uh, was one that God said he, hate, he hated how they acted and he hated that they were, uh, you know, out of the Nicolaitans and they, he hated that they allowed Jezebel into the church and he had a problem with them. Uh, these churches are are portraying the end time churches before the rapture. And, and then we can even look at the church of Laodicea. They were so deceived. But, well, the, back to the first church. He said, I got a problem with you because you've let Jezebel, you've invited Jezebel in, the false prophet, and you've let her speak in your churches and you've let her influence your churches. So I now have a direct problem with you. That's what God said. But then Laodicea was so deceived, Satan brought them wealth and success by way of world standards. They attributed it to godliness, but God said to them, you got, you got, you got numbers, you got money, you got nice clothes, you got nice cars, you got watches, you got nice hairdos, you got nice purses, you got all the expensive stuff, uh, but you don't have anything. And he says, you've lost me. You've replaced me with that. You think you have something in that, but you need to get back to me. And because you're lukewarm and because you're so deceived, I got to spit you out. That's what the Bible said. And that was, that's not a, that's not a seven year, you know, uh, post rapture church. That's the pre rapture church that John said he saw in the vision of God on the Isle of Patmos. Uh, you think about this, man, that you can't make this stuff up. Uh, he, he gets, and he's not on the Isle of Patmos like on a vacation. Uh, he gets boiled in oil and then set out on an island to be tormented, rotted, like, like you're cursed. You're on a cursed island. Then God visits him. And so he says uh, he was ready. It was, the, the, it was on a Sunday. It would be our modern Sunday. And he was ready in the presence of the Lord. And, and then God begins to lay this out to him in a vision. And he says, oh, oh yes, I, I see even now uh, the, the seven states of the church, the different states of the end time church before the rapture. And he begins to name all these churches. Now, it's churches that he knew of. They're all on that, that coast in Turkey, uh, which would be a, around Ephesus and on and on it goes. But he says, oh, I see this church. And God's given him like a movie. And he's conveying all this information down in, in a revelation that he has in this vision. Oh, and this, oh, no, 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 no. This church uh, lets the demon spirits come in. This church lets the false prophet come in. And God's not going to tolerate this. And on and on it goes. But this would be God revealing to him. This isn't a made-up man's idea. God revealed to him. Uh, God said, I'm going to show you what's going to take place, and you'll use it as a sign to where we are, and some of you should use it as a sign to stay free because these churches are a no-no. So uh, take it or leave it, but that's where we're at. Amen. 
uh, spiritual wickedness or, or darkness, once again, rulers of darkness, promote false religion, occult, uh, false doctrine. Uh, you know, th- this thing now, different churches using some kind of godly action verbiage does not make them ordained by God. Uh, once again, that transparency, or James talks about a mirror. Uh, you you have to uh, you know set the image of the church and what the church trying to convey next to the word of God. And and if it doesn't align, if it if it doesn't match, something's wrong. Uh, like I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's a big um, deliverance ministries now all over the world. That's become like the top flavor. And I watch some of them because there's a lot to deliverance. Deliverance is beautiful. Deliverance is, is the word of God. It's New Testament. We all should be a part of deliverance. But I watched the, the biggest deliverance churches and the biggest deliverance names, you know, the who's who. And like this new, the newest one, and you would know it if I said it, uh, but this newest one, so, let me help you. They're a deliverance church, which is now, uneven uh, because you should be a Jesus church. You should be a good news church. If someone needs deliverance, uh, we deal with it because that's who we are. Uh, but you can't set a ministry up like we can't say we're a prophetic church. No, because now the, you're, you're off balance. You, you can't say we're just a tongues church. No, you're off balance. We do those things, but we are a Jesus Bible word church. There's the balance. Now, when someone comes in with a demon, we deliver it. But that doesn't mean now that's all we do is deliver people. So this new modern ministry, and I'm saying this for a reason because some people think it's beautiful because it has certain elements that would appear to be godly. So they baptize everybody in the services at night, all right? They use the word revival. They put a tent up. Uh, they baptize everybody in the service. Now, in order to be baptized, the prerequisite for baptism, water baptism, uh, is salvation. That's the prerequisite for water baptism is salvation. You cannot uh, be water baptized lest you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, period. Now, you can, but it's incorrect. It's, it's putting the cart before the horse. Just like you cannot be filled with the Holy Ghost and pray in other tongues lest you be born again. You know, you can't switch those things around. It's ungodly. It's incorrect. So it's one church now. They presume everybody's saved, I guess, kind of. But then they baptize everybody in, in their doctrine, which is incorrect. Uh, the demons fear the water, so they manifest in the water. Well, hold on now. So if you change your alliance and you choose Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior uh, and you make that, cl- that clear testimony or clear conversion by, by, by believing and by saying, uh, there's not a demon, there's not the Holy Spirit and Satan living in you. The Bible's very clear about that. So if you're saved, you're not demon-possessed, and you get in the water and now all of a sudden the demon that was hiding in you begins to manifest because the water makes it manifest. Then they cast the demon out, they hug the person, they get out of the water, and the person goes on. And people think this is the greatest thing. And there are parts of it, if you're, 
you know, deceived or you don't know the word. Parts of it look beautiful. A, a demon uh, manifesting, beautiful, because that now we get this person free. But if it's if it's emotionalism, if it's like a circus, you know, orchestrated by Satan and it's all out of, out of place, that's not godly. Uh, you know, water baptism, beautiful. Uh, the word deliverance, beautiful. So you got all these elements, but you take these elements and you begin to misplace them. It becomes completely and totally false and ungodly. Uh, I'm telling you right now, you get in the water, there could be left behind sins. We've seen people, obviously you don't get free from cigarettes, uh, tobacco and alcohol when you get born again. Some people I've seen and heard that people get free from those things when they get baptized, but you're not going to get delivered from a demon in water baptism. That's not, the Bible doesn't say flush a demon out by dunking it in the water and the demon's going to manifest. This is all emotionalism. And I can go on and on and on and on and on and on for hours of this demon spirit right now that we're talking about rulers of darkness. Uh, the next one the Bible talks about is spiritual wickedness. Same verse. We're still in the same verse. Spiritual wickedness. Uh, this is uh, like an abominable sin of every type under the direct influence. Now, get this. Under the direct influence of suicide, murder, and all lust of the flesh. Now, another, another uh, mega spirit we deal with today is because a lot of people are, are under this influence of suicide. A lot of people want to kill themselves. Now, maybe they, they, don't, they don't talk it, but they contend with it. Now, I'm talking about good people. I'm not talking about lost people. There's Christian people I talk to. If I were to go in the church on Sunday morning and say, how many have thought about suicide and people were honest it would shock you how many people think about it on a regular basis. There's so much pressure in the world. There, there's so much Satan in the world that sometimes people say, well, it'd just be so easy. You know, that's a demon spirit helping you to think that way. That's not a normal train of thought. Uh, when you're hurt or bullied, we see that a lot, and because you're bullied, you think it's normal to want to kill yourself. No, that once again now is a demon spirit recognizing uh, where your emotions are, and now it's going to come in and try to destroy you totally. Are you still here? Can you say amen? Can I, can I go a few more minutes? Would you stick with me for just a few more minutes? I want to deal with uh, how about I lay the foundation for this, and, and then we'll pick up uh, next week because I, I want you to understand a few things concerning demons, demonology, deliverance, and on and on it goes. Uh, but you, you must understand that demons cannot overpower, overthrow a believer. A demon cannot like come in like a strong man. The Bible even talks about that. Uh, it, it deals with the strong man in Matthew 12, 29. Uh, but a demon can't, cannot come in like a strong man and forcefully make you do anything. A demon does not have that power and or ability. Uh, so for people to think Satan made me do it, no. Uh, he may have whispered. He may have pre presented a scenario to you. He may have flirted with you. He may have uh, released sound bites to you. Uh, but ultimately, you will make the decision, uh, yes or no, right or wrong, sin or not sin. You, Satan can't make you make that decision. He can coach you, but ultimately it's you saying no to Satan, yes to God, uh, period. 
a lot of people say, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, Satan just, no. Uh, you know, when you really get down to the truth and talk to people, they flirted with, they tolerated, they flirted with, they tolerated, they flirted with, they tolerated uh, till they got so weak and so pressed down that they had no more ability to say no to Satan and then they just roll over, play dead. It's like your children. Uh, you know, how many know that according to Judges, Samson and Delilah, 16th chapter, I believe 18th verse, uh, the Bible says that Delilah wore Samson down with words. Uh, if a child, how many of you had a child that has just said, I'm, I want ice cream, you know, I want to go to McDonald's, and you say no. Well, about an hour later, you're in the McDonald's drive-thru or you're at Dairy Queen because they wore you down with their words. That's the same way Satan works. If you'll let him have real estate on your shoulder, on your head, you know, on and on in your presence, and you think it's okay as long as he doesn't possess you, but you're just going to let him stay. Well, eventually he will, this demon, demon influence will wear you down to where you say, I've had enough. I'll do it. Do you think people just go kill people? Like, like first whisper of Satan, go pick up a gun, go kill murders. No, this is a, a demon spirit over and over and over. And the person not contending, you know, are, are not fighting against, they don't know how to fight. Well, after, you know, they're broken down, after Satan defeats them with whispers, sound bites, words, then they go obey him. But it, you have to be broken down uh, first, and you're going to be broken down with pressures. You're going to be broken down with words. You're going to be broken down with images. You're going to be broken down emotionally. Come on, are you still here? And then at that point, Satan's going to enter and, de and destroy you, but he's going to break you down first, your abilities. So uh, next week, we're going to get into this. How does Satan enter? Like, what are the entry points of Satan? You don't want to miss this. And the number one entry point that I, I've studied for years, demonology and deliverance, this comes natural to me, this subject, because I've studied it for so many hours. Uh, one of my, if not the best teacher anybody could have, uh, was Lester Summerall and Dr. Norval Hayes. Uh, Kenneth Hagin used to say, uh, people cast out devils know how to cast out devils. Uh, but if, if you really want to know how to cast out devils, go see Dr. Norval Hayes. And Dr. Norval Hayes was my mentor for decades. I was in prayer lines with him, with his hand on my hand, uh, him in back rooms teaching me how to deal biblically with demons, how to get people set free. Uh, so I, I have uh, hours upon hours of this subject. The number one, uh, you know, uh, blockade you can put up against uh, demons, and, and especially to be demon-possessed, is discipline. And it's disciplining your body. People who have disciplined uh, lives, especially Christians, they became, become the hardest target for Satan. So I'm talking about now disciplining your body doesn't give you meaning like your, your muscles, your diet. That doesn't give you spiritual strength. Uh, but it gives you the ability to understand and, and, and to operate within the boundaries of a disciplined person. So if you can begin to discipline, number one, health habits, uh, you'll beat demons. Come on now, I'm preaching a little better than you're saying. Uh, but an undisciplined body, someone that lives a sloppy life, well, well let me back up, and I'm, I'm here with you. I'm not, I'm not casting anything on anybody. Like I've been kind of upset with my, my diet lately. 
Uh, Angela, don't you laugh. <laughs> You've been feeding me this stuff. Uh, so uh, anyhow, uh, I've been upset with my, my diet lately, and I'm sitting here thinking, if I can't beat ice cream, how am I going to beat a demon? Come on, think about that. If I can't say no uh, to fat on the steak, my doctor told me eat lean steak, eat all the steak you want. Just eat filet mignons. Well, I like a fat steak. But if I can't say no to that, how am I going to say no to a soundbite of something that captured my attention 20 years ago? If, if I can't say yes to a walk at night, yes to gym time, yes to a bike ride, uh, to, to, you know, to build within me uh, a strength and ability, how am I going to say no to a demon when he asks me to do something? Uh, so we'll get into that. Number one is the number one entry point for Satan is an undisciplined body. Number two, and, I, and we'll go through this fast, and then next week we'll just dive into it. Number two is an unrenewed mind. Uh, he enters in through the eyes, through fleshly lust, through pride, and through rebellion. That's the entry points of Satan. We'll get into that next week. Uh, can we win? Yes, we've already got victory. We, we've got the victory in Christ Jesus. Uh, we just now need to get down, get work, become severe once again. Uh, we need to say no to Satan. We need to know first, know who he is, know his ways, then say no to Satan, and then become this fierce fighting machine, this fierce victory man, victory woman in Christ Jesus. I hope this helps you. I don't want to glorify Satan, uh, but I, I do uh, want to uh, tell the world all of his little tricks. Uh, I want to inform the world of God ability, God's ability, what we've gained in Christ Jesus and what Satan's trying to steal, and then his little influences, and on and on it goes. Amen? Hey, help me get this thing out. Let's share this. Let's help people. And next week, we'll get back into these demons and entry points. Until next time, I love you. God bless you. Don't forget, we got church Wednesday night, 645.